so you don't have to pass it Oh, okay. And for others, you, so do you know about the uh, uh, the YouTube? No. Okay. Well, I'll send you a link for the for the YouTube and stuff later. So all you know is about uh, Andrew. Yeah. Um, where did you find the book on Anapanasati? I wandered into a um, one of those kind of like schlocky um, mindfulness bookstores in New York near Union Square when I was like 20 years old. And um, and and I was just like and I was looking around and there's all this new age stuff. And I wanted something that was really practical. And this really spoke to me, you know, because it was called Mindfulness with Breathing, a manual for serious beginners. And I don't know, something about it just spoke to me. Okay. Well, I'm familiar with the book a lot. <laughs> that I know Santa Caro, um, the uh, translator. Mm -hmm. Uh, back in 1988 was when the book was uh, actually recorded. Hmm. So anyway, um, the problems that students have, actually, the, the problem is always the book format. The books don't give what needs to be transmitted. The words, the book only translates words or gives you words. Ink on paper is your experience. Yeah. Okay. It's like the difference between um, being given the score of a particular piece of music that you already know. And so you can look at that score, you can read the score, and you can go right along with it. Mm. Right? But if you're given a score that is very highly complex and you don't you never heard the song or the or the, the music before, then the score is kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Okay. But if you've got the score and the music, even if both of them are new, then you can follow along. But it's even better to follow the score if you already know the piece of music. So there's where the problem with books are. Books are like the score, and the score itself is hard to follow. It takes a lot of extra work to get it out of the, of the score, and in fact, scores have over the centuries been added to in all kinds of ways. In fact, there's an entire language. Mostly it's Italian, as you know, with Alec Reto and uh, <laughs> Rubio, and <laughs> just on and on and on, the language that's there to try to talk about what to do with the music. But the best way of understanding that piece of music is by listening to it played. Yes. All right. So this is basically what we need to understand is Anapanasati is very much like music. That I've got a kind of a musical background myself, and so we'll be using music as um, examples a lot. Mm because there's a huge amount of it. The amount of the, in fact, many of the skills that you've had to develop with music will be the skills that you will use in your development of meditation also. 
as well as some of the skills that you will be developing in meditation can then be put into use in the music. And you'll be the judge of that. You'll have to figure out all of that yourself in mm-hmm. the, those practice sessions, either practicing the violin or practicing on a parasati. And you begin to start seeing a lot of connections. Okay. So um, one of the things that you had stated was is that you don't spend a lot of time thinking and discursive thought, and then you corrected yourself. And says, well, maybe I do. Well, the point is, is about the amount is not the uh, the issue that we want to discuss. What we're going to talk about instead is, is that the discursive thoughts that we do have should be valuable, useful, and wholesome rather than destructive. Hmm. And so the quality of the thought is more important in this regard than the frequency of the thought. And so this is what Anapanasati really is all about. But this part that we're talking about is not in the first chapter because the first chapter starts with body. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's not possible for a student to practice Anapanasati in that order. Let us say that he is going to this week practice only on the body. And so he leaves the, the feelings and the mind and the mind's objects in the bed. And then next month, he only brings the feelings in and leaves the body and the mind and the mind's objects in the bed. And it doesn't work that way. Okay, there's another way that, in fact, my the, the little joke is that there is a new uh, driver training school. But they do it by the numbers. And so the first lesson, they teach you about steering wheels. And then you get really good at steering wheels. And then the next one, they teach you about gas pedals. And then <laughs> after a few weeks, then they <laughs> you see where this is going, right? And so after a full month, now they're going to teach you about brakes, right? This kind of school is not going to last for very long because you've no one learns to drive a car that way. We actually have to learn to drive the car by learning how to put these things together right from the very beginning. And yet you can imagine that somebody wrote a book on driving and they have a whole chapter on steering. And they'll have a whole chapter on brakes. Mm-hmm. But if you read the book that way, you wreck your car. <laughs> that's yeah that is that is so helpful because i started to go on to the next chapter about emotions and he says well you know you have to have you know in order for this to really ha- to really happen like you're like you know and um then you you uh, you already have to have um I don't, you know, the 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 one-pointed focus and the and the and the feelings of contentment, and so I'm like, oh well, I guess I have to work on that with just my focus on my breathing before, um, before I can move on to contemplating the emotions. Ah, except that it really doesn't work that way. Hmm. Another way of thinking, though, of it is, is that if you are going to con- learn to control the body, 
putting it into a state of relaxation, you need to do two things. One is you need to experience or learn the body to find where the tensions are so that they can be relaxed. And then the second skill that's to be learned is to actually control the body. Which you already have some skill at doing. If you're a violin player, you've got pretty good skill at uh, at controlling the fingers of the left hand. Mm-hmm. And so, also of controlling the wrist of the right hand. Yeah, and I've studied some certain, you know, certain like fighting techniques that help me control my body and that are breathing based as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, uh, but the point is that you cannot learn to control your breathing if you are not also controlling the mind to control the breathing. In other words, you forget to control the breathing, you can't control it. Hmm. So the mind and the body have to work together. So this, I mean, so first of all, this is just like already very helpful because it's just, it's a permission. It's 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 kind of a permission from a teacher, and like that I needed in turn, like because you know I'm thinking, oh maybe this is the way. I'm just I'm just not disciplined enough to go in this order and structure. But what you're saying is much more in line with how I see the world and how I experience the world in terms of a kind of a holistic way, and 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 you know you break things down to a certain extent, but you break it down within the whole, and you're always experiencing the whole. So I guess. My the practical question that arises for me then is when I sit to breathe, when I sit and I focus with my breath as an anchor and I'm experiencing life with my eyes closed or my eyes open, but I'm sitting in one place breathing and contemplating, what is the difference between spinning my wheels, jumping from one thing to another or 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 a productive session of insight or of focus all right well let us say then that what we're looking for is an in-between a balance the balance here is the in-between or the point between whether or not the mind is going to jump to jump to jump to jump to jump which is what's called the monkey mind Mm. and then the other extreme is being stuck on something and won't let it go, hmm. often referred to as concentration. Okay, what we're going to be doing instead is intentionally moving from object to object. And the objects that we're going to be going from, from are the objects that are listed in the Anapanasati Sutta. And the order that we're going to be paying attention to them is the order of occurrence. So one by one, as things occur, we're going to deal with that. Now, what begins to happen is we begin then to use, uh, let us say, as a, a kind of an interesting side way of talking about it, is that as we begin to control the mind and as we begin to control the body, we use the two of them in a pincer movement to learn to control the feelings. But that's not the order that they're in in the Anapanasati Sutta, but that's the order in which we're going to be working with them. 
but in <laughs> fact, a better order to understand if we've got to have an order to it, let's look at the Eightfold Noble Path and the seven factors of enlightenment for our order rather than which part of the body is more important or should be done first. Like the body, the feelings, the mind, and the mind's objects are all part of the inner system in there, so that's what's there, but that's not the order in which we're going to operate. The order that we're going to operate is actually more referred to in the Eightfold Noble Path, and I'll give it to you like this, that there are two or three points that come first. And that is number one is sati. We talk about it as anapanasati. And also sati is on the item on the Eightfold Noble Path. We also talk about anapanasati fulfilling the satipatthana, the four foundations of mindfulness. And then we have sati and the seven factors of enlightenment. So sati is pretty important in here, especially in regard to the Eightfold Noble Path. Right noble sati can be thought of as waking up or the or remembering in the sense to remember to be here now as opposed to being in thought about some other place some other time in the past in the future another city another person wherever with the mind takes us we're going to intentionally remember to come back to this present moment. It's very, very much like a violinist playing a concerto on the stage with the orchestra, and all of a sudden he starts thinking about the fight he had with his girlfriend. The likelihood of him making a mistake is high now. He yeah. might, in fact, get so angry, he throws the violin on the stage and storms off yelling her name at the top of his lungs. People can go that nuts, okay? And we want to make sure that if we can if we can restrain ourselves and don't do that while we're actually in performance, maybe we can learn to do that with that while we're not <clears throat> while we're sitting on the meditation cushion and not go berserk there. Hmm. To not start thinking about something else that we're not doing. So so what? we remember that. We remember to come back and be here now. That's what sati is all about, is remembering to be here now. It's, it's easy enough to remember when you're standing on stage with the violin in your hand and all these people watching. It's pretty easy to remember to be here now then. But in meditation, it's easy enough to forget what we're doing and just start thinking about something else. In fact, people do that driving their car, and that's why they have so many accidents. Is because people get what we call distracted. Rather than paying attention to what we're doing. So a lot of the teaching of Anapanasati is teaching people how to wake up and pay attention to what's going on. That's what it's really all about is to wake up and pay attention to what's going on, because only then can we make changes. So. That's the wake up, the wake up, and then to pay attention to what's going on, that's right noble view. A lot of people think of the eight no, April noble path as the right view is a viewpoint or a way to view the world or a world view. Right, or to like where, a morality or something. Mm -hmm. To where here we're talking about right noble view is to look, to view, 
to note right now, to look at what's going on. That's what we mean by right noble view, not holding a belief. Hmm. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to wake up and look. Or an example of that with the senses is to wake up and smell the coffee. To wake up and look at what's going on. That's the first steps. The third step that comes in there is what makes all of this meaningful. And that is, is that the third item is right effort. One right effort. I'm struggling the most right now. Okay, so one's right effort is right because it gets the results done and it's right because there's very little effort. So the definition of right noble effort is the least amount of work necessary to actually get the job done. And so that means that we're going to make the job very easy to do. And then once we've done the job, we congratulate ourselves for having done the easy job. That was the only job that needed to be done. And what is that job? Is to come into the here now and start looking at what's going on now and come out of the past, come out of our thoughts, come out of our unwholesome thinking and start having wholesome thoughts about what's happening right here, right now. This breath, this, this chair, this feeling, the feeling of the touch of the cloth, the feeling of the hair on the head, the feeling of the breeze on the face, whatever the sensations of the body are, that's what can be looked at and experienced and enjoyed right here, right now. Okay. And then where does thought come into that in a skillful way? Because just now in, in the skillful way, it begins to be what you would call a blow by blow description of what's happening right now. Back in the 1930s, they had radio and they had sports on the radio. And so the sports announcer would have like a, um, uh, let us say, a boxing match. That's why they called it a blow by blow description. He's he's talking about a block and a right uppercut and over here and that kind of stuff. And so that's his job is to give a blow by blow description. Now, it's possible for that announcer, especially during the break, start talking about his wife or his sister or whatever like that. Then the box, the boxing match starts up again and he won't shut up about whatever he was thinking about and start talking about the boxing ring. Now he starts talking about something else. So that's another example. So what we're going to do in our practice here is begin to develop this blow by blow description of what's going on right here, right now in mm -hmm. a very wholesome way. Like, so wow, this is a really good breath. I like this. This is really nice. So you can so in in everyday life you can set the mind to dissecting a concept to thinking about an idea but in the but in the in the in meditation the mind is just in in meditation you're you're in experience and the mind is helping to enhance or is I guess codifying that experience or verbalizing that experience or or and in a way directing that experience hmm because we're directing the body to relax we're directing the body to take a deep easy breath 
So when you meditate, you don't only you don't only observe everything, but you also have things in mind that you're moving the mind and moving the moving the mind and moving the body in certain ways. Right. You're the key the key word is change. That this is a change model that you can hear in fact that starting off, you probably heard the words Anicca, Anicca Dukkha Anatta. The Trilokana, where everything is temporary, everything is in turmoil. Our job is to get in sync or get into tune with the turmoil, rather than resisting it or fighting against it. And so we learn to go with the flow. Hmm. So this is what uh, we're beginning to direct the mind to direct the body into a state that we would like the body to be in, relaxed, easy going, no tensions, no worries, no problems. And so we can tell ourselves those kind of words. An example would be also that we're safe right here, right now. There is nothing dangerous. There's no alligators on the floor. The bears are not in the closet. The SWAT team is not breaking in. The Russian mafia is not calling. Everything is okay. Well, you see, in our society, we spend a lot of time in fear. Musicians spend a lot of time in fear when there's really nothing to be afraid of. So what if you scratch a note? <laughs> so what? The answer is, oh, no, that's very dangerous. I can lose my job, blah, 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 blah. But all of that is mental. About what if, we call it what if-ism. What if this happens? What if that happens? And all of that. And what we need to say is, right now, none of that stuff is happening. And right now, everything is okay. And so we're beginning to see that everything is okay. And we talk about everything being okay, no place to go, nothing to do. Life is easy right now. And I feel good because everything is easy. And this is one's right effort is to put ourselves into that easy place. Mm. So I don't have to do when I'm meditating. I, it's not. It's not incumbent upon me to to just accept whatever. I mean, I, I note whatever experience, and I don't resist it, and I'm honest about it. And but but I but I can also. But it's not wrong to direct myself. No, it's absolutely essential for you to direct yourself. Otherwise, it doesn't matter whether you see that truck coming or not. You can't get out of its way. You're going to get run over anyway. Huh. No, we have to take the right effort just to step out of the way. Hmm. Okay. This is already cleared up like decades, a decade of confusion. <laughs> 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 or just curiosity and, and ignorance, I should say. A mixture of ignorance and confusion. Actually, it's a it's more of a mixture of stuff that you picked up along the way. These are things that you have told been told to do by our society to where this practice of Anapanasati is counterintuitive. 
It's the, it's the direct cut. It's the straight path. Rather than going through all the turns and wiggles or whatnot, the way that our society has it set up, it's just going straight there to drop all of that stuff and take a deep breath and just relax. Once we relax, now we're going someplace and the relaxation comes with having one wholesome thought after another. And so part of the practice then is to be on guard to make sure that the thoughts that we are having are number one in the here now and number two, pleasant and wholesome. Mm. So um, okay. and yeah. you do that with a kind of a blow by blow description of what's going on with the, with the intention of joy. Now, the example with a blow by blow is that you're in a boxing ring with yourself. But in fact, what we need to do is to recognize that many times and stop the fight. <laughs> to stop this internal dialogue, stop the war, stop the boxing match between the various factions within the mind, which can almost always be uh, referred to through psychology as the guy who makes and keeps the rules. We all have a rule maker, the one who says this is how it should be. Boyd calls this the super ego and Eric Byrne called it the parent ego state and the Buddha called it attachments to rights, rules and rituals of Silabata Paramasa. But there is a set of standards, rules, ways of doing things that we all have built up in the sense of, oh, if I followed all of the rules, then this would be who I am. I'm setting the standards for the definition of who I am. And then nobody is able to do that up to the standard. And so we all feel disappointed because we can't match up to our own rules and standards because we set the standards way up there. We were taught to put the standards way up there by religious people and whatnot. The, the very same guys that don't meet their own standards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't let the hypocrites make your rules for you. You do that for yourself. That's what the whole teaching of the Buddha is, is that we can bring the whole teaching back down to just one thing. The Buddha teaches just one thing, and that is Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. Now, that doesn't mean Dukkha for years and years, and you study Dukkha and you get a PhD in Dukkha, and you see this Dukkha, and it's like that Dukkha, and then you start relating Dukkha from here to yonder. No, Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda means is you see this as Dukkha and you stop it right now. You cut it out right now. You throw it out right now and be free from it right now. That's the real teaching of the Buddha is everything is oriented right now. To see that Dukkha, to see that unhappiness, to see that um, misery, to see that fear and to throw it out right now. And we throw it out with wholesome thoughts. The thought is, I'm okay right now. The thought is, there's nothing to worry about. I don't have to worry about that right now. So whatever worry comes to mind, we can say, hey, I don't have to worry about that right now. I can be happy instead. And we mm. throw that worry out. Mm. And we come back and we stay in the present moment. Where, where all the action is. The real action is always happening right now. 
but the human being has got the idea that the action is going to be off into the future and I better be ready for the future when we're in fact not even experiencing correctly the here now. So that's what Anapanasati is all about, is bringing these factors together into the here now. Mm. And the first one that we're going to work with is the here is the, the wholesome thoughts, which means that we're free from the hindrances because the hindrances are unwholesome. Thoughts of wanting something we don't have, thoughts of being someplace we're not, thoughts of dealing with people that are not here, thoughts of um, uh, restlessness, worry, agitation, all of that kind of stuff is a hindrance to us being in a really, really good state right now. And so whatever it is is keeping you from being in a really good state right now, recognize it for what it is, throw it out. Any mm. tensions in the body, throw them out. Any place that we're not relaxed, throw it out. And so that means that we've got several objects that we're going to look at because the objects are actually ways of looking for dukkha. And that's all we're going to do is just find the dukkha and throw it out. We do that by throwing out unwholesome thoughts. We do that also by throwing out unwholesome feelings like agitation, anxiety, worry, fear, and anger, all of those kind of feelings are associated with the thoughts. If we're having happy thoughts, then we're unlikely to be angry. If we're having angry thoughts, we're likely to be angry in feeling and not being happy in feeling when we're angry in thoughts. So the thoughts and the feelings work together like that. And so this, when we begin to control the breathing, now we have the skills developing so that we can begin to control the feelings also. We literally can talk ourselves into feeling good. In fact, you have spent your whole life in talking yourself into feeling bad. Now it's time to talk yourself into feeling good and let yourself really experience feeling good, safe, comfortable, secure, satisfied, successful. That's the crown, the success. I can do this. Hmm. Yeah. Great. These are actually a, a, a full noble path. This is it. Right view, right sati to remember to wake up, the right effort that it takes, and then the satisfaction that we get from having taken the feelings from ordinary mental feelings into very nice feelings because we can talk ourselves into it. This is the Sama Sankapa or a right attitude. So with one's right effort, we develop good feelings and the good feeling turns into an attitude, an attitude of a winner, the attitude of I've got this wire, the attitude of yeah, we can do this. Mm. Here's an example of that in music. Imagine that uh, because of, of what happened in high school and other things, a young 20 to 25 year old musician winds up at Carnegie Hall 
with the Boston Philharmonic as a backup. And he's playing in public the first time Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto, right? And he's going to be right there for it. He's going to watch everything. He's going to be making sure that he's going to be giving a quite excellent performance. Fast forward 25 years, now this guy is in his 50s. He's played that piece, same piece of music a dozen or maybe a hundred times with an orchestra backup. And now he's back at Carnegie Hall with the Boston Philharmonic, and he's going to play this same piece of music, this time for the 340th time. He's going to play it differently this time, right? Why? Because he knows it and he knows he knows it. And now he can dance his way through that thing. And it sounds just slightly better because he knows it and he knows he knows it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the first time that he played it. Yeah, he knows it, but he's got to be really, really super careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as a musician, you know this. This is actually what we're working for, is that we need to get ourselves into the position of being performance-oriented, knowing that if we keep playing the same little song over and over again, we're going to get quite expert at it. And then it's a toy. Then it's a game. It's no longer work. Yeah, I already feel I already feel that when I sit tomorrow morning, it's going to be much more... Mm-hmm. I'm much more powerfully armed to do this now already, I think. Because this this conversation already has just oriented me more into how I understand the world in general. It's made meditation make more sense to me with how I understand the world. (laughs) Right. Well, all it is is just skill development. And we can see the same issues of the development of skills with music is the same thing now as the development of the skills of life so that your whole life becomes a song. Your whole life becomes music. Mm, That's beautiful. (laughs) Because you've got the skills to play the right notes at the right time in rhythm. Because you're watching what you're doing and you've been watching what you're doing for so long that it's become natural. Yeah, I before this conversation, I had these like these two boxes of um, focus and insight and like and now I just now I feel like I understand how to sit down and sit how to sit down and go with the flow and and let you know, let the thoughts that are past and future pass, but let my thoughts really be let my let my mind be in the present and analyze my experience and what is happening whatever that may be and just stay just stay in the present and 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 just like see like see everything that i'm experiencing right without putting too much demand on the word everything just experience what comes Right, right, right. Yes, I like that. Just whatever comes. Right, we got that too. Yeah. Without having the rule of I got to get it all or I got to get everything or I'm not good enough and I got to work hard. No, you're already there. You're already good enough. You're right. already fine. And if Just my mind is, 
And right, and I know, and like, and if something, if if my mind is being unproductive, I'm going to know from my feeling state, and then I can can kind of gently will it back towards something that's more joyful, more pleasant, more more loving, more you know. That's bring, right, bring. exactly. So look at how you feel, look at what you're thinking, and then you can nudge it back into a better place, taking the right effort. That's the nudge. Oh wow! Okay. Meditation makes more sense all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I'm pointing out that the that the benefits are immediate. Mm. That's the value is, is that the, the benefits are immediate. So I tell you what, why don't we leave it here and you go practice with this? Yeah. And after a couple of three days, give me a call and we'll continue along with this. Okay. 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 All right. Well, we'll see you. All right. Danny, it's been so a much. pleasure meeting you. I hope yeah. to meet you, see you again soon. Same here. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Have see you good. soon. All okay. Right. Yeah. Go go have a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Same to you. <laughs> okay. See you. Bye bye.